everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Talks with Tatiana. On today's episode, I will be joined by the host of Talk About This podcast as we talk about topics regarding Black mental health, cultural appropriation versus appreciation, and overcoming adversity. everyone is doing well. Um, I'm doing good. This semester is really just flying by for me and it's just, it's going and I'm really just looking forward to seeing what more the semester has in store. Hopefully it'll be good things. Um, And spring break is coming up. So I'm definitely looking forward to that much needed break. Also, this is my 90th episode. And so I'm really beyond grateful for it. Um, And definitely a huge shout out to the host of Talker Brothers for being just a huge help behind the scenes from the very beginning of this show. And now we're on the road to 100 episodes. So very excited for that. But for this episode, I really wanted us to just touch on a few topics to end off my Black History Month series. So I chose the topics of Black mental health cultural appropriation versus appreciation and overcoming adversity because I believe those are really important topics near and dear to me. So we're just going to cover those. So I'm now going to go ahead and bring out the host of Taka Brothers. How you doing, Tati? Smash. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? Okay, he's there. Yeah, (laughs) I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Good. Well, thank you guys for joining me for this episode. Um, I feel like I couldn't have like a 90th episode road to 100 without the people that helped me get here. So, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm just remembering when we started when you were a freshman and now you're a senior. Yes. And yes. We, timed it, we timed it perfectly. We're about to hit 100. By the time we hit 100, you'll be almost graduated. So that's that's perfect. Yes. And um, just all the way down from when I started with my phone. And then, you know, we worked our way up to like a professional mic and stuff. So, See? you know. We- <laughs> We're moving on up like the Jeffersons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But for this episode, I wanted us to first get into our first topic of Black mental health. So uh, according to a 2018 survey, which was conducted by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, they stated that 16% of Black and African-American people are reported to have a mental illness and 22.4% of those people have reported like a serious mental illness. And there have you know, just also been many studies just showing numerous reasons why Black people may not seek mental health help, such as due to like being told they're supposed to be strong all the time, or at least society making them feel like they have to be strong all the time, or to just pray, or because, you know, they don't trust therapists or the health field in general to help them. So I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this, um, especially as Black men. Like, do you feel like you're able to get adequate mental health help at all? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we, you know, we all were told, at least in my generation, what happens in this house stays in this house. And mm-hmm. for us, that was that's something that we had to overcome um, for our kids to be able to let, let them understand that you it's it's okay to express your feelings and to seek mental health but it, it's still a stigma that just like everything else in our society that's something that we have to overcome numbers wise it was astounding to see the numbers of how many of us how depression is like one of the leading 
mental health illnesses is depression and, and we and for us to even under understand and identify the signs of depression is a, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a it's something that we have to overcome because i mean you could be depressed and if you don't know you don't even know why you're depressed why you're feeling that way mm-hmm. yeah for for me i think that mental health is out there for black men it's just um a little bit of what Derek was saying too like or go i'm sorry what he was saying is us older generation people, we grew up with just keeping stuff in the house and keeping it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so the help is out there. It's just that we have to take that step forward to go ahead and, and get it. I mean, I'll use myself, for example. I I have thought and talked about uh, seeking therapy, but I'm a <laughs> private person. So just talking to somebody, it wouldn't work for me because I'm a, I'm a private person. Hell, I got my kids and uh, uh, friends that don't even know some things because like my kids I, I was in the military for 20 years to this day they couldn't tell you what i did in the military because i never came and talked about it because it you know it didn't to me it didn't involve them so for me talking to a stranger opening up it'll be hard but the ironic thing about that is i want to be a counselor and i want people to come talk to me <laughs> but i can't go talk to somebody else so. yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying there go right that time Yes. Not what I say, not what I do. Yes. Yes. I I will say I feel like grateful for my parents because like I know that they've been just very helpful with my mental health. I've talked a lot about like having bad anxiety and stuff. Like even at the beginning of the semester, for some reason I could not get out of this very, I don't know what I was going through, but I was just really sad and anxious at the beginning of the semester. Um, I think it might've been just cause like we had syllabus week and when you have several classes that are like, oh, we're doing this, this, this and that throughout the semester. I was like, oh wait, I was like, and I think it's just like my mind is like, I wanna graduate and this is looking a little intimidating. So been like just having my parents be like, yeah, just come home for a few days and you know, we'll just, we'll decompress. So it's like, okay. <laughs> but I definitely think just like black mental health, you know, even, you know, with Twitch and stuff, committing suicide, um, I think a lot of, it's just a lot of stigma of people thinking that mental health has like a certain look, but it's really just, I mean, you can smile all day, every day, joke all day, every day, but like people wouldn't know unless you say something. So Yeah, I mean, but it comes back to that, like I was saying before, it comes back to if you, you know, if you know better, you do better. And it's, mm-hmm. it's part of it if you don't know what you what the symptoms are, what the problem is, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for you to to go seek help for it. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's you know, if I break my arm, I know okay, I need to go see a doctor. But mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel. I don't know what depression feels like. I don't know what anxiety feels like because who have I been around and who have taught me these different things about you know these different symptoms and where to seek help for. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like people are or walking through a fog and not really really understanding what what, what are they actually feeling or what are they going through you know so mm-hmm. the educate it's kind of weird that we're such a a fast-paced media with social media that you think these type of things are being over exposed to us but it's really it's really like it's still stigmatized even through social media even talk about it or even express ourselves about it 
Right. And like, I, I, um, even had like an ex who went through like a lot of just trauma that I feel like the normal person is probably not going to experience in, um, a lifetime. And I remember even being like, you know, I think maybe you should talk to someone. I was like, cause I, this is beyond something that I could even help you with. And he was just like, oh no, like therapists don't work. Like, it's just, you know, it's just like, again, if you know better, like, you know, you'll do better. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's just implementing more talk about mental health so people can understand that. I mean, a therapist isn't gonna fix it. I mean, it's not gonna take it away, the things you've gone through and stuff, but I mean, it's a help to get you into the right direction to get right. home, so. Right, I agree. And so, like, for men, do you feel like you guys have outlets outside of therapists? Like, I know in my qualitative research class, we talked about there's certain spaces that are safer. Like, what kind of what, what kind of class was that? Um, it was qualitative research. So, wow. okay. um, we like we're currently like making our own research right now on our own research question. And so, one of the things we had to do was go to a place and just sit and observe a certain place and like talk about it. And so one of the places that someone did was they went into a barber shop and they were like, they noticed like the connections that they made and how they felt very comfortable with each other. So I was wondering, like, is that like an outlet for you guys? Cause I know like sometimes in the black community, it's not necessarily a therapist, but it'll be something like a barber shop or a beauty salon for women and stuff. So. Well, I'm only going to speak on behalf of men, mm -hmm. the, the barber shop, uh, it's actually the same abbreviation BS. That's exactly what the barbershop is. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just a bunch of BS. You know, I, I don't, it, you will never expose anything. Like you'll talk sports. You'll talk, you know, you'll talk everything, but mm -hmm. intimate feelings in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? You may have mm -hmm. a buddy that goes, that, get, that gets a haircut there that you mm -hmm. might, you know, like, so take example for like smash and I, you know, if mm -hmm. I'm feeling something, I can call him and express my feelings and, and get some kind of some kind of understanding. But the barbershop, nah, 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 nah. That's just a social environment right there. That's nothing. Mm -hmm. Won't be any touchy feely in the, in the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. And then even nowadays, a lot of people are not going to the barbershop because it's getting too expensive. You know? Yeah. Uh, you can't see just... me, but I'm raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's just on the rise, but most men get their, I would say, mental health dealt with with their friends. Like D was saying, you call up your close friends, or y'all get together, go out for a drink or whatever, and they're gonna mm -hmm. they're gonna tell you like it is. You know, you're always gonna have one that's gonna tell you like it is, one that's gonna joke about it. You know, and then at, at some point, they all agree like, oh, you're doing some stupid stuff, like, or you mm -hmm. know, or hey, bro, you know, we're here for you. So that's where you get it with that close knit group. I know that the younger generation isn't as social as my generation so they tend to do more of the electronics and technology and hang on lines so they don't have that social aspect and i think that's why they go to therapy more when we're just in my generation we're just used to going to a close-knit group or circle as we like to call it right someone that you can trust to give you the real answer to what you're doing because sometimes you need that you need that answer like Dude, you just being stupid so you can see it from somebody else's perspective and be like you know you'll be mad right then but then you'll go back later and be like man maybe they were right man you know <laughs> so. yes being soft. Uh, being soft. 
Yeah, I I think like for me, um, I guess it's different. You're right, like for black men, black women, because um, like in the beauty salon, well, I guess like in this generation, it's a little different because when I was younger, there was like actual like beauty salon, like conversation, but now it's more like you have like a one-on-one with the hairstylist. And so it's just been, I, I mean, me personally, I tell my whole life story. <laughs> I do like I I get very comfortable like I'll be like yeah and then like this happened but I guess like my more recent stylist in college was someone I was friends with though so it's like I don't know maybe that made a difference I don't know like if you guys had a barber okay if y'all had a barber that was your friend it would that make a difference um oh it would I mean I have a barber that's really a good friend of mine and, and he's the hookup man and you get everything from him but I won't take advice (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Get everything but advice. <laughs> but advice. Everything but advice. <laughs> fix your okay. car for you? No, no, no advice. No advice. Okay. I will say I I also feel like just I don't know, in society, um, I don't know. I feel like sometimes like real I don't know, for black women and men, sometimes we are seen to have to be strong all the time too. So it's just I don't know. I think that also plays just like a big role in the mental health aspect of it all. So And that's a burden in itself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just just being black is a burden in itself. You know how we how every every situation that you go to, whether you're going to the grocery store, whether you're going to work, whether you're going to social events, you know, it's always, you know, how will my blackness be accepted, or how uh, okay, how much black can I be in this in this this environment? You know what I'm saying? So that's in itself. If you can't, you know, if you can't be yourself, then then that's kind of you know that's that's weighing on your mental health as well. You know, and I and I agree with that too because it it goes full circle all the way around like you know being black around black people being black mm-hmm. around white people like right. you get judged from everybody it's not like you just get judged from one race you get judged from every race mm-hmm. every person for being black like oh, oh they're not black enough I'm gonna take their black card um, oh, or, or like no, they're too black that's gonna happen today they're too black yeah yes <laughs> yes and that also kind of like leads me to wanting to ask y'all about like societal standards too and just like expectations of black people because I think like sometimes we're really forced to do like 10 times better because if not like then we fall into like that stereotype um like for example like the way we have to present ourselves in like you said black and white spaces so like what are y'all's thoughts on that I mean I think it's just it's a it's a hard situation and nowadays you even have to I mean, I'm gonna take it one step further because now you gotta watch out, out like um, even just in black and white space or just spaces. Period. You gotta watch mm-hmm. what you say. Far as like, am I hurting somebody's feelings? Because I didn't say them or they. I called mm-hmm. all them he or she, which <laughs> you know that's what they present as to me. You identify know, as identify as, but I don't know what they identify as. So can't get mad at me because i you know of something that i grew up with but mm-hmm. anyway i'm not gonna get on that uh that trick <laughs> but it's just it's just hard like in this situation and i think that's why I'm, a lot of people are getting more and more like you starting to see more people lash out about stuff and mm-hmm. the thing everybody likes to go to is mental health but it's because everybody's placed with the pressure of 
trying not to offend everybody, trying to do everything right. And it takes you out of the place of being yourself when you're trying to act like this and act like people expect you to act instead of just being yourself. So mm -hmm. I think that's why you see a lot of the lashing out nowadays. Right. Yes. Um, and even with that, like, I, I feel like sometimes too, like a black person does something, it's not like seen as like, I don't know, they're not given the same grace, but I feel like that's always been the case in society too. So again, I think it's just like the expectations are just so much higher. And like, also, I wanted to ask too, do you believe that this might be a little <laughs> of a debate, but do you believe that Black men maybe don't have as strict of rules to follow in society huh? um, as, as, wait, as, wait, <laughs> as Black women? <laughs> what? Do you Please explain. Like, like okay, <laughs> feel like we go through the same troubles because we're black, or not so much the same troubles. Since you know, at the end of the day, you guys are still men, and society still views men as like having the upper hand. Versus like a black woman mm. as like she's black mm. and she's a woman. So I, I see now. I see what you're saying, and mm -hmm. I, was, I I can see that what you're saying. I can see in the work environment mm -hmm. because I have seen where a woman will say something bring up something and it's kind of I don't say look down upon or whatever but it's perceived different than if a man would say if a man would have said it to another man it would have went across like okay nothing nothing no matter if it was black and white it's just man to man but when a woman does it you know if they come off too strong she's being a you know the b-word or whatever mm -hmm. and if um you know, if she comes off too timid, then she's not, not being strong enough, so she can't handle that position. So I, I see it more or harder for a black woman. And sometimes I see it, that's when, as a black man, you uh, are perceived as, um, I want to say, I know it's going to sound bad, but kind of equal as the white counterpart because um, mm -hmm. they, they look at you as a man then because now it's like man versus woman. Like, she's not going to mm -hmm. tell us how to do this. We're going to show her, you know, so I see... Right. I think I see it based on what you're saying, based on that point of view for me. I don't know. What about you, D? Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I will say, I think, I don't know, just sometimes in society, like, it's always, I think, again, like, Black men and women, like, obviously both have it hard. I just think, like, sometimes, like, Black women are really, really pushed off to the side because they're, you know, it's very quick to be like the angry Black woman or like the Black woman that has to take care of everybody but themselves. So it's just, yeah, I, I think it can <laughs> sometimes. Now, I agree with, I agree with that because I didn't want to say, I said no comment because I didn't want to say, not put it correctly. And I think you put it correctly it's like mm -hmm. the black woman has so much on their plate mm -hmm. dealing with the home dealing you know and and that in itself then trying to now being more out getting careers I, I think you hit it on the head i think that's where the anger comes from and i think to understand them and understand why they feel that way that would be a big step in the right direction for women i mean the wage gap is gonna always be there period mm -hmm. i don't think that's gonna ever change the wage gap is bigger from from men versus woman but i think it's it may be i don't know the numbers by offhand but i'm sure that the numbers are it gets bigger from a black woman 
mm-hmm. to a to a median from a you know for a white for a white man's wage, you know. So I think the gap is probably something huge, you know. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which I I hope you know in life we can get past some of those things again. Like it's just like I don't know. I feel like. Um, we've seen time and time again just like black women contributing and black men contributing really great things and it's just like I don't know maybe that's something that society doesn't want to see so <laughs> and and I will say this like for for years I mean since the you know I don't want to say beginning of time but pretty much beginning of time women have been running things they just because of the way the world was they had to run it behind the scenes and kind of mm-hmm. through their husband or through their family quietly so that it looked like the man had been doing it but now women they do have they're more empowered so they're out in front they're leading out in front and now the stressors of you know the you know the stereotypes put on now they're a business woman but also they're a mother or wife or whatever and they're trying to helped out in the home it's a lot of stress on them as well as a black man doing the same thing like when a black man is out there working taking care of his family it's a lot of stress on him that people don't see and now the woman is having to shoulder that but at the same time still be you know fierce out in the in the business world but be Mm -hmm. feminine at home so it's it's a it's a tough role to play for black women and black men these days Mm mm-hmm so now i just i wanted to switch gears a little bit um and talk about like the cultural appropriation versus appreciation so (laughs) (laughs) so um cultural appropriation is where you're like dishonoring a culture and like you're almost mocking them in a sense and just trying to like for example like wear things from their culture and stuff for your own personal interests versus appreciation is really honoring a, a culture and paying respect to it and you're really taking the time to understand it so like again like appropriation is just kind of like dishonoring and like mockery and then like appreciation is like honoring respecting understanding so like for example i know in like some countries there are like sacred places where people or sometimes just like women they're supposed to cover their heads or their whole body and like many people who are visiting like they respect that they'll wear the head and body cover and all that stuff and i believe that that's cultural appreciation um, because it's like, even though you're not a part of this culture, you're still respecting the ideals that they have in place um, compared to like cultural appropriation when people of other races, they'll wear things like cornrows in their head and like, you know, say things like that's on period and stuff like that. Because typically if a black person does it, they're automatically deemed as like ghetto. But then when other races do it, it isn't seen as bad. It's like, it becomes a mockery. So what are y'all's thoughts on this? Have y'all personally came across any like cultural appropriation you see cultural appropriation every day just turn on your tv turn on the radio look at social media you're going to see it every day most everything that we've created they have some way somehow some shape some form they've stolen it and transitioned it to their own at least tried to make it to their own the biggest thing for me is is with this appropriation versus appreciation is Mm -hmm. if we all just took a step back and just listened listen to that person from a cultural standpoint and understand the impact these different things these cultural um things that we have for ourselves why they are what they are um we just celebrated 50 years of hip-hop and that's huge being that i'm 47 and so you're thinking about it when i was three years old hip-hop was created and so then you see 
how now how something that we created has now been taken over by the other side or them or whatever you want to call them and making it their own you know how we dress you know you know hip-hop was about art about music and about dance and mm -hmm. so you see how each one of those aspects they've taken it their own and trying to appropriate themselves into that space when you really should be appreciating it and understanding why we do what we do and why it is what we is why we do what we do but at the same time to if they would say well you know what man you know i can't i can't touch that you know what i'm saying it's like mm -hmm. when it comes like to religion you know you're gonna re even though you may not know it you're gonna respect it you're gonna you're gonna right. try to you know not offend anybody and so mm -hmm. same thing with my cultural my, my culture i want you to be want them to be able to listen to me and understand why it is and then you mm -hmm. may not want to you may not want to touch it you know right and again like like you said like listening and like listening to understand because i feel like a lot of people don't yeah. do that these days like they're like they listen but like not really like they're listening waiting for their response like hurrying to try to say something versus like just really listening to understand where you're coming from and just like really learning a new perspective so. correct correct so so listen and understand now just listen you're right Tati. <laughs> <laughs> you're right i ain't gonna touch that one because he answered it pretty good mm -hmm. and so i don't even want to get on my soapbox <laughs> yeah, I, on this one I can go. I can go long and strong on this one because this is this is. I mean, just why? Like I said, you could turn on the TV, you turn on the radio, you could turn on, get on social media, and you see appropriation all day long, and it's nobody. It's like it's commonplace. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't matter the the mannerisms, how we talk, how we act. It's like enough is enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but. I understand it. I want you to appreciate. It. I want you to be involved because it's it's a it's a everybody's space. But I mm -hmm. want you to know where we draw the line. You know what I'm saying? If you have to draw the line yeah. at something, you know. Right. It's like the um the phrase of just like everybody wants to be black until it's time to really be black. Yeah, um, and I think that that was really shown a lot, especially you know in 2020 when the Black Lives Matter things like really started becoming prevalent. Like it just you really saw like the people who shifted away and was like oh yeah no this is where i draw the line and it's like okay wait you can't try to like be a part of our culture use you know our language things like that and then when it's when we have like these real issues that come up you disappear so yeah i think my whole thing with the appropriation is that when it's done because you know it's done all the time even in other cultures as well mm -hmm. that when it's done to other cultures or you know other races they're able to speak up and get something done but when it's done to us we have to do so much fighting mm -hmm. you know all these million protests and all this crap we got to do so much fighting and i mean like i said like the lgbtqia plus community has come through and you can't say anything on them or you're canceled or whatever but for the black race, it's just so much that we have to do when our stuff is appropriated in our face every day. And this is why I said I didn't want to get on my soapbox. Oh, I don't want to go on. Right. Right. I don't want to We just have to, like, when it's done to us, we have to fight so hard. And it's like, <laughs> why? Like, we're trying to sit here and explain to you why this is wrong, but you continue to do it and try to tell us that, no, it's right. And it, 
it's, it's just hard. Well, so. I mean, one thing you have to look at too is like if you're in a position of leadership, mm-hmm. then you, you kind of control the space. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about and you think about how much outrage and how much support that they get, you also got to think about who is in a place of a position of command and who's in a position of leadership. They mm-hmm. have people in higher places that identify or in that community versus mm-hmm. us having people in our position of power to be able to make, to be able to, to force the issue and help them understand, you know, our culture and what we are. And so I think that that plays a, a, a big part in it too. Who's in the position of power and, and how how it's looked at and how it's enforced and how we want to make sure people take, take a step back and really look at us culturally and understand that a lot of what's going on in America, whether you like it or not, some African American, some shape, way, shape, or form has influenced that within America, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we don't get enough credit, and that's why I think that's part of the reason why it's lost on everybody because we don't have enough people in power to to push the agenda, to make the agenda stand out like it's supposed to, you know. Right. Yes, I I definitely agree, and like also just um, like you guys were both saying, like just. It's, it's just very interesting how there's so many like marginalized communities out there, but like, you know, they can speak and they'll say their piece and, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, okay, yeah, we'll change. But then it's like, for us, it's like, oh, like, why can't y'all do, like, why can't we do this? And like, even down to like things like, you know, in rap songs and like, you know, people of other races being like, oh, I don't understand why the N-words in this song and y'all can say it, but we can't. And like, you know, um, I, I even saw something recently. I mean, I've seen it a few times, but like people being like, oh, why is there not like a white history month? Or like, why is there not such thing as like white white excellence and things like that? And it's just like, mm, <laughs> like no. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It, and I will say like also, um, I know in my last episode, um, we I talked about digital blackface as well, which is like when people of other races, like when they use, I don't know if it's GIFs or GIFs. <laughs> um, and like, so I'm going to go with GIFs um, and voiceovers of black people to express themselves, um, even though like they don't identify as black. And I think, again, it comes down to the fact that when, you know, black people say these type of quotes or um, whenever they do these type of things like eye rolling and like you know typical things I guess like it seem as like ghetto and the people actually in the gifs are saying the voiceovers are deemed as ghetto but when people that are not black use them it's just seen as okay so it's like we're being mocked because it's okay when other people do it but like not when we do it so yeah I, I think <laughs> And it, it, it took a while for me to to be able to like you like you can understand something, but really can't articulate to the to the masses or to people of what you're understanding. Mm-hmm. Then I watched the movie You People on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, and it gives a good understanding of what we're talking about. You know, the appropriation and appreciation from the two parents. They both had these stereotypes. You know, it was a black and white couple. You know. And they both had their stereotypes of each other, you know, and until they actually sat down and understood and talked and listened to each other, then they got to understand of of how demeaning it was from both sides. You know what I'm saying? That if we'd have just stopped and listening and took a moment to understand us, then it, w- it wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been an issue for them to get married. 
And so mm -hmm. it's, you know, you had, you had the mother trying to be over black. You had the, the Eddie, well, Eddie Murphy playing the father. He was just like, I ain't having this white mess, period. I don't want this white brother in my, in, in, in there, period. Um, so if, if you get a chance to look at it, watch that movie because it really, it's a Kenyan Barris movie as well. Um, he, he really points out the stereotypes and the stigmas that we look at when we talk about appropriation and appreciation. Mm. Yes, I, I did try to watch it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just could you gotta not finish it, Tati. I know, I just could not get into it. I don't know why. It was just, I don't know. But I, I will go back now and try to watch it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a weird watch, but it all ties itself in at the very end. Mm -hmm. It ties, it ties up everything. But you, it, and I, and I understand. I think for me, it was a hard watch as well because the mother was just like over the top like over the top and i was used to eddie murphy because mm -hmm. i'm used to seeing that type of behavior you know what i'm saying but it was really hard to watch to see her to see her trying to be like she got this black friend like i'm not a black I'm not, you know i got a, a black person around me but mm -hmm. it's it's it once you watch it it'll tie itself and i think you should give it another chance finish it out finish it out Ty. okay <laughs> yes pretty good movie I, I liked it i liked it okay um and i think also like to um along like this isn't even a stereotype this is just like things that naturally uh are with us or like things in the black features like having bigger lips and like you know having like more thick shapes and stuff like body shapes and stuff and i think like those were definitely originally mocked and now everybody is trying to you know get to the lip fillers and things like that so it's again just a mockery because it's like we have gone through these different things of like getting judged for these type of yes. features and stereotypes and all this different stuff and then but then it also it, it leads to like negative as well because it's like if there is obviously like it's not one look for every black person so when there is a black woman who is really skinny then it's like oh like that's not how you're supposed to look like your your type is this so it yeah it just it's a lot of <laughs> issues with that as well i will say it goes Wait. back to being uh, hard to be black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but once they, you know, once they normalize it, then it becomes okay. Mm -hmm. You know, until you know, it's, it's taboo until somebody steps out from, from outside the culture and start mm -hmm. making it normalized, like BBLs, all that kind of stuff. Nobody wanted that stuff, but now everybody wants a BBL. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the like you said the you know the injection of the lips and all this kind of stuff so it's normalized so now it's accepted not 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 knowing that hey this could be you could be offending someone from the african-american culture you know right right and i think on that like i mean i hate to say it but i gotta i gotta give her credit because kim kardashian was the one that changed all that like mm -hmm. now if you open up if you look at instagram so you, models you give or whatever her, you so want you're saying you're giving her credit for it yeah, I'm giving that, her credit for good credit or bad credit. Uh, I think it's, it's a, it, I don't know. Is a credit score going up or down? <laughs> it's however you want. I'm just saying I'm giving her. I'm giving. I'm citing her. There you go. College. I'm citing yeah. her for being the one to make it like make people want it. Because now, if you look at anybody, most people on social media, 
look like Kim Kardashian if they're not black. You know, they look like Kim Kardashian. Like you can't even, like I used to be able to tell Kim Kardashian apart. Now you see everybody look like her, but for other races, she made it acceptable. Like, cause a lot of, lot of some white people definitely in the South were big boned or whatever you want to call them. And they were shunned by their race. You know, mm -hmm. because they were big, they were they weren't considered the cute ones. It was always the cute ones were the slim, maybe blonde hair, blue eyed ones. But now they're all running to surgery to get what the black woman has already had. Mm -hmm. Most of them naturally for years, because I feel that Kim Kardashian made it popular for other people or other races to accept that you know voluptuous is a good look on people. I mean, appropriation it's. It's, and that's it's yes. the standard. I mean, appropriation, yeah. they think it's normal. It's not normal to appropriate yourself to someone's culture, you know. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's always it's always been that way as far as the appropriation has always been taken from someone else. I mean, you know, you go back to um, rock and roll and everything like, you know, they say Elvis stole his his style. I can't remember from who I want to say uh, Little Richard. I may be wrong right. on that. Like but right. um he stole his style from somebody but mm -hmm. you know if you go back and look at it everybody took something from everybody and that's a part and i'm not going to go deep into it but that's part of why a lot of people are against the crt being taught in schools because it shows that there really is well the the, the history of white america gets smaller if you really break it down and see who really started it Mm -hmm. And it more than likely was started by a black man or or a black woman or a slave during the time or somebody black in that day, and then it was appropriated or taken from stolen and bamboozled, hoodwinked. White American <laughs> made it. I mean, you could take one like Jack Daniels. I mean, it's just a couple exactly. years ago, maybe five to ten, where everybody just found out that uh, the black guy helped them. So it's just like wow, like, and now he. That family has gotten the rights and they got their own brand, Uncle Nearest. So it's it's been like that for years. It's just that now, like, more people are being awakened. And that's one thing I've always said, and I'll I'll say this little thing. I've always told people, do your own research, because they're only gonna teach you what they want to teach you in mm -hmm. school. Facts. That's why we have libraries and now we got the internet. There's plenty of research you can do. So don't just take what people um tell you as you know as the word um like like we always like i always said in the military trust but verify i trust what you're saying but i'm gonna verify it so that i can get more information myself to either help prove your point even more or help me understand even more so just don't you know always i'm always in a book some type of way i'm always trying to learn something because i feel mm -hmm. once you start stop learning that's when you you're no good for society far as helping advance it Right. And I think um, you really like hit it on the nail because it's like when people I think that's the issue is like when people just listen and they're like trusting things without verifying it. That's how ignorance continues to keep happening because it's like, oh, OK, well, this person said it. So, yeah. And then they pass it on to the next person. And then it's just like a whole like just <laughs> link of just ignorance. And it's just not accurate. So <laughs> in your in your college classes, have you ever played like the word game, like where they where they tell you a sentence, like it's like maybe 
10 to 20 of y'all in the class, they tell you a sentence, they start with one person and you have to say that, that same sentence all the way to the end. And by the time it gets to the end, it's completely changed. Yeah, like telephone. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yes. Like yeah. And even think like down to using like African-American vernacular English, like um, which for those that don't know, this is basically just like English slang that was made by and is used by a lot of black people, although other races use it. So like, you know, like words and phrases like cis and lit and woke and period and stuff like that's just, you know, to name a few. Um, so I feel like this has definitely been appropriation because um, I mean nobody owns words but it's like again when we use them it's you know looked at in a certain way but then now like a lot of other cultures are starting to pick up on it and sometimes it can be used as a mockery too because I, I sometimes see especially going to a PWI like some of my white counterparts like if we're together all of a sudden now they're like oh yeah like period and I'm like um like, why are you switching up your, like, language? How do you know I use words like that? You know, just because I'm Black. So <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts on that? And, like, how do you um, feel about, like, people of other races using, you know, just these type of, just, like, Black English type of words? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to let go, <laughs> probably let go Digo on this one, because I got something to say. Man. It's just, mine, I, I can already tell he's going to go deep. Uh, it's just now I'm just thinking about the people that I know that I don't want to you know throw out in the street like that that does that I will say this I'll call him a friend of mine and then to explain <laughs> I will say no <laughs> he set me up I will say this it's kind of acceptable if that white kid grew up in my neighborhood yes he was he like he was culturally he, he had no choice but to assimilate to my culture and therefore mm -hmm. he had he had to in order for him to he knows nothing else you know what i'm saying so I, I i give that person the pass but the person that's from the suburbs on the outside looking in thinking it's cool because it's a fad going on uh, how we talk or how we dress or how we look yeah. what we eat um then i take offense to it um mm. and so there's a there's a thin line between it you know, like I say, if, if it's somebody that grew up in my neighborhood, now he'll never be able to say the N-word, for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but how I talk and how I dress, I can accept him for that, him or her for that. But for the person that's just trying to be, trying to fit in or trying to um, capitalize off of my culture, then I have a real problem with that. Mm -hmm. If that I makes sense. No, I agree 100% because I was going to say the same thing. To me, it goes back to what we were saying um, earlier. Like, you got to you gotta know people. You got to talk to them and see where they come from because, like Dee said, it is where you, um, you know, grow up or your environment. Because it even goes as simple as, like, I'm going to take New Orleans, for instance, and, mm -hmm. you know, like, a, a lot right, of people tread, weren't... Trail lightly now, trail lightly now. <laughs> no, a lot oh, of people yeah. didn't know <laughs> until, um, like, maybe... Um, Master P may have said it, but I think it came more prevalent when the Hot Boys came out. They were saying, whoa, D, and I might even be saying it wrong now, but you have other people from different states now saying that when they talk and it don't, you know, it don't sound right because that is New Orleans thing. They know how to use it. Just mm -hmm. like in Atlanta, like growing up, we use shawty. You know, like in New York, they say shorty. 
but you know we have our own <laughs> vernacular down yeah. south so but when somebody else comes from your uh from a different place saying it everybody turns around and looks at them like who is this mother right here you know because I mean? you can see it doesn't it doesn't come off natural you right yeah. They, they, yeah. They're forcing you, it you know what i'm saying and you feel like they're, they're mocking you and now yes. you have some animosity toward them mm. so and that's just how and that's the best way i have explained it to like my white friends or people of other races because it's like it's not that you can't say it it's just that one you're, you're not even using it right you're you're saying it for everything like everything can't be lit like you driving to work couldn't have been lit i'm just sorry thank you, you. to work couldn't have been lit like that's, that's the point it's like i'm not always <laughs> being black you know what I'm saying? Right. I, right. I'm not always being black. I'm just being me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not trying to put. I'm not trying to put any labels on it. That's just me being me. Now, if I try to step outside of me, then it's gonna come off awkward. It's gonna come off unsincere. You know, not sincere. And that's what we see. I mean, that's there's a few people on on social media that, that friends of mine and we talk about all the time. And I, I don't want to say their names, but you know, you know who they are. They are. They, they, they're into hip-hop, they're into the music, they're into the culture, and every time you see them, they're over the top with it. Like, every song's a hit. Mm-hmm. Every song's just, you know, you gotta do a dance to it. You gotta be re- reciting a phrase. That's not how we operate. That's not how we move. Like, if we mm-hmm. appreciate the art, we appreciate the music, but that's not our everyday vernacular. That's not how right. we talk. That's not how we dress. That's not how we act, you know? So, it's it makes it, makes it seem like they're, they're, we're going far out their way to be impressionable to, to me when just be you and we'd be all right. You know what I'm saying? We could appreciate the things that we all like, but you don't have to be over the top with it. Exactly. And I, I think that's a an issue that I think I just came across a lot. Um, not only just going to PWI, but like I feel like the majority of the schools I went to, like I was a part of the minority. Um, and I feel like it was just always having people of other races that like we're trying to overcompensate like I'm not racist by the way like I I really roll with you and it's like it's okay you can show me that without doing all of that like it's okay (laughs) oh I think that sometimes maybe people just don't know better and they just really want to like prove that like they're not like they accept your culture and stuff and like I appreciate it but you know you don't have to do all that um because now I'm gonna look at you a little sideways like I I had um someone again like you said don't don't want to call them out or anything but I had someone in my life who was not black she also wasn't white though but she uh, was not black and um she had said something about um one of the apartment complexes here in Gainesville she's like yeah like, she's it's just kind of ghetto over there and I was like hold up I was like, I was like and in my head I'm like wait what makes it ghetto like it just it really I was like wait like it just like, it threw me off because I was like oh my goodness um it's a That's I, I point. yes and then um I even had somebody like recently who also was not black he said something about um but I'm not pressed about it though and I was like pressed I was like oh my goodness <laughs> so it was just like I don't know especially just like that wasn't it's just yeah it didn't come off right I don't think it was used right I was just like like is it because we're having this conference like why why does it have to be pressed <laughs> just, so, it's just you know things like that it's okay no, I don't want nobody to understand or, or misunderstand what I'm saying. It's okay to to be accepting of the culture and be and right. trying to trying to put yourself in its place, 
or, or, or be you know accustomed to it, whatever you want to call it. But to to force feed my culture back to me and make it seem like it fits, it doesn't. You know, and that's when mm-hmm. I have I take offense to that. I, it's just because I'm not being black all the time. Sometimes I just want to turn my black off and just be me. You know what I'm saying? I just want to mm-hmm. be I just want to be Goldie sometimes. I don't want to be black white. I just want to be me. Whatever the things that I enjoy, I enjoy some white people stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy some <laughs> black people stuff. There's some white people stuff I can't I can't stand. There's a lot of black people stuff I can't stand. Right. But at the same time, I understand where they're coming from. But I also understand that you should be you should really be trying to understand me and listen to me and understand yes. how foul that behavior that you you know you might not be doing it consciously. You may unconsciously. You do, you're doing it, but at the same time, if you just sat down and talked to me and understand that I'm not losing, I'm not using slang every single day. You know, mm-hmm. I have I have to be able to understand how to code switch and, and turn it on and turn it off. And I think there, it's just sometimes like you said, it being commonplace, and they're using slang, all this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, wait a minute, man, you're making me feel uncomfortable, and it's it's coming from my own culture. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. And like you said, like there's again nothing wrong with like you know appreciating it and like you know wanting to immerse yourself in it as well but like just i understanding like the boundary line of like okay yes. you're, you're pushing it like it's yes. just like like yes. you're overdoing it at this point so, yes and um I, I i will say i also really respect having like the people that have been in my life that are not black who have been like you know is it okay or like is is this appropriate and like actually acting because i feel like sometimes cool. people that are not black sometimes feel a little worried about okay what happens if i ask you know but it's like it's okay i'd rather you ask than you say something and now i'm looking at you sideways of like what did you mean by that so um and i've even you know um i've like met indian people um for example and like um asked them about um i am linking on what it is but where they have like the they have like the drawings on their hands um, and I've even like, you know, just asked about that. I was like, is it offensive if like other people were to get something like that done? Like, and like, what does that represent in your culture? And I, I think that that would be really helpful if people of other cultures are just more open to just acting and being honest and yes. just, you know, like, I don't know. Well, because culturally it's always been taken from us mm-hmm. and, 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 and using it for their own benefit. It's easy for you to feel, you know, to ask them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you know how it feels to be to, for your culture to be stolen from you, and, right. and you want to make sure that you you're using it in an appropriate manner, or it might be something that I shouldn't even be touching at all. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's easier coming from you to ask the question, but mm-hmm. then you're the, there's the other half, just like mm-hmm. you know I'm just gonna take it and run with it, and whatever the, whatever the aftermath is, we'll deal with it then. But mm-hmm. and so for us, we're forgiving people. We always forgiving. We always trying to. We, we, I don't I don't never forget but we are forgiving people and it's kind of like mm-hmm. once you do it you know I have to find a reason why I should forgive you you know what I'm saying you should be trying to find a reason why you should be saying I'm sorry I apologize for it because I don't shouldn't have to forgive you for it because you mm-hmm. should, if you could just asked me I'd have told you that's not appropriate you know and so mm-hmm. to hear you say that that's the way it's supposed to be across the board let me ask mm-hmm. about it let me let me understand your culture let me understand why the things that you do the why the way that you dress, the way that you act, the way that you, you know, you you preach to your higher powers. Those type of things that we should be asking those. And there's nothing wrong with asking the question, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes they don't want to know the answer. You know, 
know. So they just take yeah. it and run with it. Right, right. This reminds me of the episode from Girlfriends. Um, I think it's called Sister Sister. Mm-hmm. When Lynn's uh, sister was white and she act black, y'all just check that out. Just Google Girlfriends the episode of Sister Sister and check that out. You'll you'll see what yeah. this whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And I think um, really all of this, it it leads to, again, why like I still will stand firm, I guess, on the fact that I do think that Black history needs to be taught. And I I think it it has to be separated because I know like some people are like, oh, like, I don't think it should be separated because, yes, it is American history. But I think it, it does need to get pulled out more. Um, I think it kind of goes back to like, you know, the whole term of Black Lives Matter. It's not to say that like, you know, white lives don't matter. It's just, you know, Black lives have been just so pushed back for so many years and just so like just misunderstood, misconstrued. Like we don't really have those spaces where we've been able to have like true stories said. So I think having Black history and having it be its own thing is very, very crucial, especially now in today's time as things have gotten even worse, I feel. So it's just- And it it comes down to that. It comes down to that privilege as well. I mean, that, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times they because of that privilege because of white privilege they think that they're privy to anything and everything it was i can't remember the show i was watching and the lady was trying she's a comedian and she was trying to figure out what is appropriate and what is not appropriate so she went mm-hmm. to california and went to uh, usc one of the professors have like a spoken word night and then she infringed on the night to ask her a question, what's appropriate? And, and, and if it's this privilege. And one of the guys stood up and was like, this is foul. The fact that you even here asking if this is privilege and, and, and you know, infringing on this black, this black and brown space to ask this question, that's privilege in itself. You know, so until we understand, until they understand what their privileges are and how they mm-hmm. are, how they're taking advantage of their privileges, then it'll be hard for them to accept or not try to uh, appropriate themselves in our culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Real quick, I'm sorry. Um, no, you can go ahead. Because I, I was I was wondering about this, and I, I've just been thinking about it because I saw a clip where Morgan Freeman had did an interview, and he said that Black history shouldn't be separated; it should be taught as American history. Mm. And and I was just thinking about that because. And you know, and I was I was playing devil's advocate on why I should why I shouldn't to myself. Like I have mm-hmm. these long conversations with myself at times. Because um, I thought to myself, and <laughs> do you answer yourself? I don't know that song, you know. But, do you answer yourself anyway. when you're talking to yourself? Yeah, I think I think you're crazy if you don't. Oh really? You I think, it's other, else, I think it's the other way. But okay, that's your story. But if you talk to yourself and don't answer back, would you talk to somebody else and not expect the answer back? Uh, well, yeah, that's valid. That's valid. Which one is crazy? <laughs> Don't buy into that, Tati. <laughs> <laughs> but you not? Would you sit in the restaurant and talk and answer yourself? No, not in public. <laughs> okay, so they're, therefore, okay. <laughs> not not out loud, I guess. Not out loud. I have done it in my mind. Okay. But hey, that's how you, you don't know my life. You don't know what mind, I'm going through. Your mind's no, eye. That's why we. Hey, if I talk to myself in the restaurant, you don't know what I'm going through. Maybe I need to seek mental health, like Tati was saying earlier in this mm-hmm. podcast. Exactly. I would agree. 
I mean, me personally, I do um, talk to myself a lot and I answer and I, I do well, have how that. Do you, how do you answer? Most like, geniuses do to answer back, Tati. Most geniuses do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do answer back. Like, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genius. Okay. <laughs> I'll just, right. you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, I, you know, I'll like vent to myself and then I'll answer back. Like, no, like your feelings are valid. And, you know, like I really get into it, you know, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just what geniuses do. I'm sorry. They, nah, some people can't understand. Just, you just give yourself an affirmation. But you, he's talking about, I'm talking about talking to yourself. Hey, what time is it? It's 10 o'clock. Hey, what's the weather? <laughs> oh, it's 90 degrees. You know? What are we going to wear today? Put the blue shirt on. That's talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that, Smash? <laughs> hey, I, I don't talk hey, about you... things I talk about with other people, okay? <laughs> it's confidential. That's for, that's for me, myself, and I, huh? <laughs> It's three Literally. of us. Literally. And that's the end of part one of my 90th episode and last episode of my Black History Month series. Please don't forget to check out part two. Yeah.